0: tiredness thing. We, oh, hey! we all have that tiredness thing. We all get it. Some of us will get it after 10 minutes. Some of us will get it after 50 minutes. It doesn't matter. But sometimes there's a pushing past when it's really good that our bodies are saying, oh, do you know, I'm really, really weary. And your spirit says, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, not on my watch, you're not. Come on. We've got to practice for eternity, right? Because when we get there, we won't stop. Um, I know we'll have transformed bodies. Don't make up excuses. So... <clears throat> We're leaning specifically at the moment into um, encounter as being a precursor for discipleship and we're using the word encounter a lot at the moment and we're talking about it a lot next Saturday and um, I know um, there are many of you coming along. I'm really looking forward to that. But this, even this moment now, is not a break from worshipping. It's not a break from being open-hearted. There is no difference between this and this. Right? Yes. Okay. So when we get excited about him, we get excited about him. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't the third person of the Trinity, but it is God breathed word. He is in here, is in the pages. As I used to say to my year six students, Um, many years ago it's not what's on the lines it's what's in between the lines you can read this and still be a total non-believer but if you are reading this and not encountering God you need some help oh it's a dry book which book are you reading it's not dry it's saturated and I would encourage you before you ever read the Bible to say God just speak to me through this today I want to encounter you in this I'm not reading this for knowledge I'm reading this to meet with you. That's why I'm reading it. And that's what we're doing, obviously, today. So please, don't think that just because the music has stopped that the worship ends, it doesn't. So as we've been talking about encounter, I did have a couple of questions for you, but we're a little bit short on time, so we're just going to press on past that. But sometimes, we can relegate moments of encounter into just that moment. But actually, what they are is moments of encounter, an invitation into more. And we can relegate it. Do you remember that time? Oh, my word, it was such a mountaintop. Do you remember that conference we went on? Oh, that moment. The final chorus when everyone's hands went up. That thing, as we used to say at Spring Harvest many years ago. But Haley Braun says these exact words. Sometimes we relegate encounter into a moment instead of an invitation into more and as a church as a people as the church God is inviting us into more wherever you're at God is inviting you into more however much you think you might know of him have experienced of him God's saying come closer come and find out more this isn't information sharing this is life transformation encounter encounter you're going to tweet anything this morning, if you're going to X anything this morning, it doesn't work, does it? This, encounter is the fuel for our follow. That's what encounter is. It is the fuel for our follow. Encounter isn't a moment where we go, oh my goodness, did you see I sobbed and like it was amazing? No, encounter is the fuel for our follow. It's very, very difficult to be in a relationship with Jesus where you are not having encounter with him. An encounter doesn't have to be you've run to the front and you're on your knees and you're sobbing and you're broken and you're undone. And woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. It doesn't have to be that. You can have a moment in the car. You can have a moment as you read the Bible. Sometimes it can just be a, wow. It can just be that. It can be a friend ringing you up at the right time and they just give you that slight kick closer to Jesus. It can be a promise that God has spoken over you that you remember that the Holy Spirit brings to your mind and you remember in that moment. And again, you encounter him. You have a fresh moment. Encounter is the fuel for our follow. And this is why we're leaning into it so much at the moment. Because if not, the following becomes dry and the fuel becomes our self-will. And we're coming on to that a little bit next week, talking about self-will. The good news is God wants to put a bomb under it. So that's good news for some of us. Um, I'm just going to read this. I love what they're doing in in the Anglican churches. Often you stand for the reading of the Bible. We're not going to do it today. Don't panic. But I love the sense of reverence that we say, we're going to stand because it says, I'm ready. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to listen in here. But this is from uh, the book of Matthew. It's one of the books that tells the life of Jesus. This is chapter 10. It's not going to come up there. Um, but you've all just pulled your Bible out, right, if you've got it with you, or just listen. Either way. I'm going to skip through the first bit, so you're not going to track with me. I'm going to keep missing verses out. This is to set some context. Jesus is sending out the 12. So Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Oh, come on. We have got to find a way to get less British in here for anyone who is. Um, I mean, hang on. Jesus called his 12... He called his people to him. Gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal some diseases and the odd sickness. Heal every disease and sickness. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, what? So hang on, that means I've got the power to empty out the William Harvey. I mean, that's a, am I miss? Am I mis- I'm a, ah, 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 ah. Oh, this is a nervous bit, isn't it? We're only on verse one. Here we go. Then it says, These are the names of the twelve. Go see the names of the twelve. Da da da. He says, go to the Jews, don't go to any other area. Um, the, um, The Israelites, the Jews, were God's chosen people. And he said, what I want to do, this is all back in the Old Testament. He said, I'm picking you as a people, and I'm going to model through you what it looks like for a people to have a relationship with their God, and then all the other nations of the earth will be transformed through you. Didn't go so well. So Jesus then had to come, still to the Jews, because God had made these promises to the Jews. And so um, Jesus came to the Jews specifically, and then said, "There will come a time when this is." We go out further afield, Um, and you see that in Acts. You can read that at that point. But for now, I want you to go to the Jews. I want you to go to the Israelites. So he's saying to his twelve, "Listen, here you are. Here are your names. You know your names. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, overcome all the power of the enemy. Now go. This is what I want you to do: heal the sick." Raise the dead. Ha ha, day one. Raise the dead. <laughs> yeah, right? That means there are people dying who aren't supposed to be. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you've received. Freely give. Don't let, take any gold or silver or blah, blah, blah. And he tells, he gives them a few little instructions. Basically, go to a house. If your peace, your, if, they're welco- if, if they welcome you, you'll let your peace rest there. If not, Jog on, find somewhere else. Oh, and by the way, wipe the dust off your feet. That's it. They've made their decision. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Gentiles are the people who aren't Jews. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say, blah, blah, blah. And so it goes on. So this is the context into which we're going to read the bit in just a minute. The disciples are, have been called. They have been given the authority necessary. And they have been told what to do, where to go, how to handle people. You are going to encounter opposition. This is not going to be very comfortable for you. But don't worry, because when you're getting flogged, you'll know the words to say. Good news of the gospel. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. So then there's this next little bit, which again, I'm just going to skip through. Um, he says, brother will betray brother to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But those who stand firm to the end will be saved. Woo! When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes, etc. Now, this is the bit for today, and I'm just going to switch Bibles because I love the way this words it. So I was in the NIV. I'm just switching out to the Passion. So it's still in this context. You've got to hear it in the context. Never grab a verse out unless you're willing to read the chapter before and the chapter after. He's saying to the disciples, and therefore to us, if you openly and publicly acknowledge me, I will freely and openly acknowledge you before my heavenly Father. Good so far. But if you publicly deny that you know me, I will also deny you before my heavenly Father. Perhaps you think I've come to spread peace and calm All over the earth. But my coming will bring conflict and division, not peace. Because of me, a son will turn against his father, a daughter her mother, and against her mother-in-law. Within your own families, you will find enemies. Whoever loves father, mother, son, or daughter more than me, listen to this, is not Fit to be my disciple. And whoever comes to me must follow in my footsteps and be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. All who seek to, be, sorry, all who seek to live apart from me will lose it all, but those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it discover true life interestingly we don't hear this spoken about very often it's so easy to think that Jesus just loves everybody and he's got a lamb round his shoulder and a pair of sandals and a long flowing tunic And he just walks through meadows saying, bless you, bless you, bless you to people. And then you read stuff like this. It's in the Bible. In this Bible, it's in red because Jesus said it. Whoever loves father or mother or son or daughter or anything more than me is not fit to be my disciple. Whoever comes to me must follow in my steps and be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all. The NIV words it like this, which I quite like. Whoever finds their life will actually lose it and whoever loses their life will actually find it. It's not a conundrum. It's basically, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. What Jesus is saying, if you're going to run after your own life, try and have me as a bolt on, you'll lose your life. If you surrender your life, pick up the cross, be crucified daily, and come after me, you'll find life. That's where life is found. So unfortunately, life is found on the other side of the cross. I expected it to be quiet in here today. (laughs) Woo! No one ever says to that. See, this is the thing, right? I hear people say things like, the gospel's free. And of course we want people to say yes to Jesus, as we sometimes word it, rather than become a Christian, because that's just awkward language. So they've said some kind of yes to Jesus. But the invitation from God is actually yes to following Jesus, is actually the invitation. Simply having a moment where you come out the front and say yes Jesus and then you carry on living your own life and there is no change, Jesus' words are they are not fit to be my disciple." This is the deal that's on the table. You've heard of probably the old covenant and you will have heard of the new covenant, right? People heard of that. We don't really use that language much. Um, Solicitors maybe use that language a little bit more, um, a bit more familiar with the word covenant. But when Jesus came, he said, I'm establishing the new covenant. This is the deal of the new covenant. This is the deal that's on the table. God says, you can have all of me in return for all of you and that deal lasts forever blood has to be shed for it to be a covenant Jesus has shed his blood so that is the blood that has been shed to establish a covenant you know like you've probably seen westerns where they slice a knife across their hand and then shake hands with, a, with someone else who's done the same maybe it's just me that thing so, blood is needed to establish a covenant. So, the deal on the table from God is all of me in return for all of you forever. That's the deal on the table. So, when we come forward and we say yes to Jesus, be it here, be it on the street, be it wherever it is, you're saying, God, I'm going to give you all of me. All of me. I'm not going to give you my Sunday morning. I'm not going to give you my lectio reading. I'm not going to give you that. I, Either, as some Christians say, it's slightly cheesy, but couldn't avoid it this morning. Either is Lord of all, or is not Lord at all. Is <clears throat> cheesy, but true. And this is the only offer he gives us. Jesus basically says, I'm either number one, or I'm not even a number. He does not give us the option to be number two, for him to be number two. You can look through... This, NIV, you can look through the Passion Translation, you can look through New Living, you can look anywhere, you will not find any place where Jesus says, it's okay. I mean, as long as I'm somewhere in the top six, it's, it's all fine, honestly. No, you carry on. You carry on. Nowhere. The cost of discipleship is everything. It costs you Everything. It costs me everything. It might cost you some friendships. It might cost you some of your theology that you've currently held. Some of your ideologies. It might cost you some family. It might cost you some dignity. It can cost all kinds of things. And Jesus isn't up for stripping us of stuff. That's not his intention. His aim is to invite us. And he's saying, that's in the way. That's in the way. That's in the way. Lay it all down. Some of you will know maybe the story of the rich young ruler, as he's called. We don't actually know what his name was. He was just, that's what he's called. And he came to Jesus and said, What do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus, oh, good teacher. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? Interesting. We'll come back to that, as he says, kind of thing. And he says, well, what are the the commandments? He says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says to him, you've done well. Correct. And he says, well, I've done all those things since I was a boy. So Jesus says, huh okay, you need to go and sell all you have and then come and follow me. There's nothing wrong with having money. That's that's not the point Jesus was trying to make. The point he was making was your money, your savings, your prestige, your status is stopping you from coming after me. You're going to have to lay that down. And don't think it's just people who've got money because people make a whole status out of being poor too and out of being a victim. And some of these things can stand in the way and God says, you're going to have to lay that down if you're going to come after me. Blind Bartimaeus, no longer called that. Seeing Bartimaeus, what did he have to do? He threw off his cloak before coming to Jesus. His cloak was his right to beg and he threw it off and then said, I want my sight. And Jesus went, oh, you've thrown your cloak off. You've got my attention. Have your sight. My terrible paraphrase, but that's kind of roughly roughly what happened. If we, We're just going to flick over to uh, Mark chapter 1. If you're loosely following Mark chapter 1. We've got this. This is Jesus calling his first disciples. It says, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. Fish for people. Foot people? Aye. Uh, I will send you out to fish. I <laughs> don't know what happened there. Suddenly went like all, all Yorkshire. I will send you out to fish four people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. I'm trying to picture this moment. We don't really know how old they were. It's not massively relevant. They were probably youngish guys. Jesus is so compelling that he comes and he sees them both and he says, You two, come, follow me. That moment. Oh, on the boat in that moment. Wouldn't you have loved to be in that moment? They look at each other. They look at dad. They look at the hired helpers. They look at the nets. They look at their livelihood. They look at their inheritance. This boat will become theirs. This business will become theirs. They look at it all. And in a moment, they say, "Love you, Dad. I'm off." You can see, the, where, the dad. Where are you? Wait, where, where you? You can't. You can't just leave me. It's sorry, Dad. I've got to follow. I've got to follow. I'll lay down everything I need to. I've got to follow. And the thing is, still. Jesus says the same thing to us that he said to the rich young ruler that he said to his disciples. When people say, what's discipleship? Following Jesus. That's it. You can make it more complex if you want. Come up with different acronyms, all kinds of things. Jesus didn't say particularly, come and disciple after me. He said, just come follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Just come and follow me. So it might mean you have to give up what you've currently got to come follow. That I can't tell you for you, whether you've got to give up your house or your money or your job or, your, or some family. I, I don't know that. I can't possibly tell you. And it's not an exclusive rule, if you like. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. Might have to give up some habits, some addictions, some... I don't know. But I know this. The deal is, all of me, in return for all of him, Forever. What can I possibly think is worth holding on to that isn't better than having the whole of God and being invited into everything he has for me? What can possibly be better than that? What is it that I want to hold on to that is stopping me from stepping into the fullness of everything he has that I think, no, 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 this is is worth it. This little thing here is worth it. And God says, is it? Do you think so? I'm offering you this, Chris. It's just the other side of the cross. You have to just keep laying stuff down. Often um, think of, for those who are old enough, some of you, I'm so sorry, you won't remember. Do you remember Cracker Jack? Anybody? Anybody? And, like, you had the arms full at the end, and they had to, you had to put as much in. As soon as you dropped something, you got given a cabbage. Yeah? Okay, thank you. Right, like, did I dream this? I'm sure this was real. Um, and, and however many things you still had in your hands at the end, you, could, you won them, right, I think, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Renee. I know this will mean absolutely nothing to you. Um, American and young, exactly, yeah. No chance. Um, anyway, it was a brilliant program. Um, it's Friday... It's five to five. There we go. Thank you. Um, And Jesus basically says, I can't put any more in your hands until you put down what you've got in your hands. I'm trying to give you life and life in all its fullness, but you're clinging on to your failing, frankly, at times, putrid things that are just poisoning from the inside. He says, just lay them down. Come to my cross, just chuck them there. I've got something so much more for you. Some of you are in relationships that you probably shouldn't be in and you know you shouldn't be in, but you don't believe there's something more. And God's saying, just lay that relationship down. I've got more for you. So I'm going to ask you a question. And then we're going to pray. This is question number one. And I'm going to give you just a few moments to think about this. What have you given up to follow Jesus? If you've got journals, if you're the journaling type, you can make some notes. What have you given up to follow Jesus? I'm not going on. You've got about at least a minute. Like You actually need to think about it. What have you given up to follow him? here's the next question what right now is the Holy Spirit asking you to give up in order to be able to come in closer what are you being asked to give up to lay down to yield to surrender in order to that you can come in closer. Just ask him. It might be an intensely personal thing. It might be cut down on your shopping, your drinking, your social media. It might be cut them out. Is there a part of your identity? that you hold on to, that God says, that's not what I say of you. You need to lay that bit down. You're not that thing that you believe of yourself. And it causes you to keep acting in a certain way because you believe that's who you are and it's not who you are. Is it that? The Holy Spirit will just nudge you in here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Push through the awkward. Let him really speak to you. Are some people here? We don't like this, it's not very popular in Christian circles. But there are some people in here whom God is asking you to wipe the dust off your feet for where you've been trying to help particular people. It's not very popular, it is very biblical. I think some people, like. I sense you're trying to help some neighbours or something. You've been trying for ages. God says, just give it up. It's okay. I've got it. Just give it up. It's costing you loads of energy and you're not getting anywhere. Just give it up. I've got it. And Jesus sent out his disciples. As we saw, you go to a house. If your house, if they welcome you, let your peace rest there. If not, wipe the dust off your feet. Just walk away. I think there are some of you, actually, who are spending time deliberately going after people to try and get them to come into the kingdom and to know Jesus. And that's a really good thing. But some of you, give it up. Just pray for them. But give it up. God's got it. What I would love to do is maybe there are some people in here who have never really responded to Jesus' invitation to come, follow me, go where I go, do what I do, learn from me, be so close to me you can smell me. Come and breathe the same air as me. I think there are some people in here, maybe you've never responded to that invitation. And if that's you, you've never responded to that invitation to come follow him, and you'd like to do that today, we would love you, please, to just stand up where you are and say, yeah, that's me. I want to follow him. I've never said yes to following him before, and I want to do that. So if that's you, just do that right now. So let's go on to a group of people. No, 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 stay there. Do not sit back down, please. Thank you. Please do stand back up. I didn't mean to embarrass you in any way. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry I didn't see you there. Is there anybody else who would like to say, yeah, I'm going to respond to that invitation to come follow him. I know it's going to cost me a lot. Anybody else? No? Yes. Two, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Someone's praying with you. Can someone get over and pray here as well, please? Is that all right? And then, thanks, we'll carry on. For other people in here, you know that you haven't really been following him or you feel like you've been doing your best kind of thing, but like, I'm i so hungry to go in more. I'm so hungry to follow him closer. I feel like I catch a whiff of his metaphorical aftershave, of his fragrance, like every now and then. But I want to be close enough that I know he's right there. I'm walking with him. You go back all the way to Genesis and you see we were created to walk in the cool of the day with God. Wow. So if that's you, you're like, I I have not been following him how I want to, then please just stand up for that. I'm stood. This is my standing. Two, three, four, five, six I was gonna say, come on, peeps. This there is absolutely no judgment. This is not correction from God. This is invitation from him. We want more. We want more. And God says, I'm right ready and waiting. You're just going to have to lay some stuff down. Come, follow me. Come on. Leave it behind. Let the dead bury their own dead. Don't worry about it. Come with me. I'm promising you life and life in its fullness. But first, let me go and do X. Jesus says, no, just come. But what about this? No, don't worry, just come. encourage you, those that are stood, just put your hands out. You don't have to. You can put your hands up, out, whatever. Ah, Before we do this, there are a couple of people and I, I'm really not going to show you up about this because this is a really tricky one. Two people who the thing that God is asking you to give give up is your unforgiveness towards someone else. And you're right, they don't deserve it. And I'm going to be really blunt with you, neither do you deserve God's forgiveness, neither do I. But there's two people at least, I don't know who you are, but God said you've got to give up the unforgiveness towards, I don't know. To Father, in this moment, we hear the invitation, come, follow me. And we say, yes. We say, yes, God. We say, yes, we want to follow you closer. Yes, we get that it costs us everything. Please help us. Our willpower is not enough to follow you. But we say, yes. Come, follow me. And God, we put down our nets. We step off the boat and say, we're following. Come, follow me. A thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Help us, Father, to embrace the cross. Who for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. where we have said yes to him. We have been crucified with Christ. We no longer live. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember your are loved.